Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Finding Backcountry podcast. You got Dustin here, uh, currently running solo. I actually just jumped on the the old hot mic here, kind of impromptu, um, don't really have a any specific topic. Well, I do have a, I do have a little uh, surprise guest here that we're gonna call, but um, no one you haven't heard from before. Just wanted to jump on and get another episode out. Maybe use this to um, I don't know talk about some of the things on my mind. Right, uh, got Colorado draws coming up. Uh, Nevada or uh, Colorado applications are due. Nevada applications are open. Oh, what else? What else? What else? Um, a few others just closed New Mexico, but got some new gear in my hands. Uh, maybe dive into that a little bit, but yeah, just an exciting time of year. Um, looking to pump out more episodes to you guys and keep the content rolling. And this was, I was actually just, uh, the spoiler alert here. I was just texting my brother and he's at work. He's a firefighter down uh back back home where we're from firefighter paramedic and so every once in a while i catch him at work and they can either be going 100 miles an hour or zero miles an hour as a firefighter so i thought uh he texted me and said they were having a he's got had a little time so i thought i'd call him up and maybe him and i can who knows we'll get into something here and let's just see if jason will answer Yo. Hey, you saving the world? Um, something like that. I'm actually looking on Onyx maps right now. <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't say anything too exclusive or too uh, secretive where I got you on a well, hot, hot mic. <laughs> well, you're you're actually bad luck because the transport's coming out and I got to go. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, we'll do this again. There's a chance. Oh, uh, let's just wait and see what it is. Okay. If it's a... Oh. It's not me. It's actually Norm because it's a higher level call. Oh, good. Uh, if it's just another coronavirus call, how many coronavirus calls have you taken in the last year? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That one's mine. Um, but in the past, like, three months, I've only taken one. <clears throat> pretty pretty low-key down there you guys aren't a huge city no i mean we've had a lot we've had a lot of people but we're just in the past couple months it's just died down like there's just nothing well biden biden's in the office now so yeah he fixed it corona's gone it's gone it's Uh, magical 73 year old male in the dixie (laughs) everybody got that (laughs) <laughs> well, sorry, it's not Dixie anymore. That's offensive. It's 
Intermountain St. George. Intermountain St. George, yeah. Cancel culture got a hold of uh, Dixie State. What are you looking on on X at, man? You got time to chat about what hunts you got in on your mind this year? Um, well, I, we haven't really I'm not, like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what I'm looking at or why I'm looking. <laughs> Let's just say we were watching a YouTube video and we were trying to pinpoint where someone was at. Oh. Uh, but we don't really know. Yeah. But. Anyways, yeah, we don't we don't do that. We don't pinpoint people on YouTube videos. Well, we were just looking and we didn't we didn't figure anything out. So I don't be too worried about it. It's a unit we've looked at trying to hunt. Um so we're just kind of checking it out, but this is what we do at work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's on my mind is uh Colorado and I know that you're not planning to apply in colorado is that right um you i don't think i am anymore because we do you um, have any points no i don't because last year remember we turned our tags in which allowed you to do the oh, leftover yeah. which allowed you to kill a two hundo <laughs> yep yep um yeah speaking of that i mean it's it's you know they plaster it right there on the rigs but kind of a change to the um turn back tag situation left leftover tags um well leftover tags is different than turn back tags and yeah last year i we grabbed man how did that work that wasn't a that wasn't a turn back tag that or that no. was a it was a turn back leftover how would there have been leftover tags though I don't think there would be leftover tags for some of those units. Anyway, I think I think the unit you drew did have some leftover tags because remember it was um, it was guaranteed as a second choice. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I'm sure that ship has probably sailed. Yeah, it's all it all changes every year. I was looking through the odds on some units um, just barely, and you know the trend was down of draw odds, but over the last five years it's done a roller coaster it's gone from guaranteed this year to you know took uh you know only 60 percent the next year and then 80 percent, and then guaranteed again and back and forth and um, you just never know on those because it just depends on who jumps in and who doesn't jump in this year is going to be an, an extreme example of that because of the dates <laughs> You know, because, yeah. of, you know, you, I, I think you're just going to have a whole jumble mess of the of the draws in Colorado well, this year. It, I mean, the thing that would make sense is a lot of people are going to be bailing off of like their typical muzzleloader or whatever hunts to put in for like a third season hunt. Yeah. So I I feel like the rifle odds are going to get a lot worse this year, but it seems like maybe archery muzzy might not I yeah mean, yeah that's kind of makes sense i know a few guys that are kind of thinking that you know they normally go over and hunt a you know whatever a third season or a fourth season or something even second season that they could get with you know zero or one points or whatever and and they feel like the influx of pressure from guys jumping in to get tags this year they might uh 
my go-to yeah. muzzleloader or something. I still, man, I still, you know, it's not that we, we didn't scout that buck that we killed, but it, it just when you get them up high in the high country, especially still in the velvet with the muzzleloader, you know, or archery, um, man, those, you just hear the whole, you hear the horror stories of the rifle hunts, you know, those later rifle hunts in Colorado, man, they, they look appealing and, you know, on paper, it's like, oh, of course I want to be hunting mule deer, you know, around Thanksgiving, but you just hear the horror stories of, oh, it was warm. We got an early snowstorm, no snow during my hunt. They weren't rutting. They were rutting. The tag numbers are through the roof. There's people everywhere. And so it yeah. just seems so much more variable. Yeah. Like the Mike Duplan episode, um, who's he talking to? Epic. Epic. Um, yeah, he was just like, uh, Colorado rifle hunts are maybe scout it to learn the unit. And he's like, other than that, you just show up and hope you get lucky. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, there's no scouting on those later hunts, especially. And I just, yeah. you know, again, it's not, don't get me wrong, we didn't scout that deer that we killed last year. Um, you know, but there's there's some, a lot more consistent tendencies with deer in the early season you know bucks are generally going to be up high they're generally going to be out in the open when they're still in the velvet and so there's some there's some you know not there's some unwritten rules that fall into place that you can kind of bank on whereas with those you know a third or fourth season tag you know you're just you're just hoping you're just praying you don't have any clue uh, you know what it's going to now high risk, high reward, right? Some of those guys yeah. will go and they'll kill, you know, 200 plus bucks on those late rut hunts because they're just being stupid that they would never normally kill. But, um, yeah, you know, so high risk, high reward, I guess. Yep. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm more, I'm more of an archery scout them and pattern them and kill them type of person. But, you know, yeah. sometimes a rifle just kind of, hoping you know everything works out and you kind of get lucky those are fun too but well and this I, is this is I true like no yeah you know and this is true of any of any hunt but especially a rifle tag that you can't scout um if you're after big bucks um you know you you just really have to be okay eating the tag like yeah, you know, you just have to go. You know, it was kind of like my that New Mexico tag that I had a few years ago. You know, I I tipped a buck over the last morning of the last day, and I should have never pulled the trigger. I was in a tra I was in a transition. Okay, I was in a weird. I was in a. I was in a weird place in my life. Um, <laughs> but you know that, as far as that deer was, hunting. Yeah, just what I was after, and you know, I I let myself settle basically on a buck that I shouldn't have shot. You know, because we were just getting beat down so. It was so hard to find any deer, you know, let alone, we didn't see a mature deer. We didn't, we did yeah. not lay eyes on a mature deer that was over two and a half years old. Um, but that was a tag that I should have went down there just fully planning on eating and, you know, and then just ate it, you know, that I should have eaten that tag. So, and then on the drive home, remember, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, our buddy, our buddy sent us a text with a picture of a buck at last light, like a 170 yeah. something. Just right off the, right <laughs> off a dirt road. Yeah, 175 inch, four point, just right off the <laughs> dirt road. Yeah. But no, that's, you know, that would be my mentality if I was to go late, you know, third, even 
I mean, even the second season, um, you know, I'd be going down there just fully expecting to eat my tag and just, you know, the 10% chance that the weather lines up, the mule deer, they're rutting, you're in the right place, you know, and then all the stars align. Yeah. No, right now yeah. I'm, I'm hovering somewhere between, I don't have a clue. I, uh, you know, I really, regardless of the point of the, the dates and stuff, like you said, if you're going after muzzleloader or archery, um, those rifle dates don't mean much to me. Um, and, and not that I might not go after a, you know, a second season tag or something, but if I go archery muzzleloader, I don't really care about this year versus next year. And so, um, I'm hovering, you know, just somewhere between, uh, I don't know. Corey's got that bull tag, you know, and I'm, I'm really trying to carve out some time, you know, either at the beginning of that week that he's going to hunt or the end of the week or the whole thing or whatever. And unfortunately that muzzleloader tag is just right in the middle of it. And so, um, you know, yep. too many, too many hunts these days, not enough time. Yeah, and everybody's complaining about not getting enough t- tags, and you know Robbie and I went back and forth about yeah. the non-resident, you know, quotas and stuff like that, and and that's it's part of my, you know, my like I get it, I I totally agreed with what he was saying, you know, on the on the base level, that you know, but but my intuition is like, man, I I'm like it's overwhelming how many tags I can pick up every year, yeah, you know, and they're not all you know, Henry mountains, or they're not all great fourth season, you know, 21 tags in Colorado or anything like that, or Nevada tags, but they're tags and they're good tags. You know, that's where that buck last year came from. So, yeah, it's like, you can, you can hold out for one of those better units and you might kill a big buck and you might not, or you can hunt more often and go on a leftover muzzy tag and shoot a 200 inch buck. And that's, and that's, that's really good insight. And that's really what, I, I decided ultimately this year, you know, it's easy to get caught up. Um, for example, when the dates move back, it's easy to, to get to see a squirrel and get sidetracked. Right. And that's a, that's almost what I did with Colorado um, is I was, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I was falling into this trap of like, man, like maybe I should go after one of these second or third season tags. Cause they've never been this late. And it would make me, it would, the problem was it would force me to go to a different unit than the one or two that we try to hop back and forth between. And I instantly caught myself and was like, don't do that, man. Like, don't, don't get, you know, don't get off the, 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 don't leave the process. And the process there is hunt Colorado as often as possible. One, maybe two units that you, that you toggle back and forth between depending on, you know, one might take one point one. You can draw a second choice or something like that, and you just learn those two units, and you go back and forth and back and forth. Um, yeah, you know, and that's don't what... get don't you know. I like hunting new units, but I feel like in recent years I've kind of slowed down. You know, I used to be just all over the place, just wanting to hunt anything and everything. Um, but I think I think it's way more valuable and worth your time to just you know like you said, pick a unit or two and just really learn it. And you're just, you're going to get so much more out of it. You know? Yeah. And give it, you know, if you go in one year and you have a bad year, um, that, that happened to me a couple of years ago, I went in on an archery hunt and it was, it was brutal. Uh, there was no, there was really no sign of deer, um, really. 
and but I ended up backpacking out and went around to another spot and I ran out of time but I, I spotted a buck you know a couple bucks in in a completely different part of the unit and it was like okay you know it would have been easy to just write that unit off and get the grasses greener syndrome that we talk about a lot um, but I've told yeah. myself like hey you know, I'm going to give that unit maybe two or three years, um, you know, and try to really figure it out before, like you said, there's nothing, you know, we don't, we love going to new units. It's, it's really, it's what drives us. You know, we're, we're having to rein ourselves back from trying new units. Um, you yeah. know, but giving it that two, three, four, four years or four tags, three, four tags or whatever, that's, that's probably smart, but yeah. 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 yeah, learning a, a unit is, is it'll pay off, you know, way more than. I mean, you might get lucky and go hunt a bunch of different units and be successful, but for me, I you know, I've only been successful in some units because I've learned them really well. You know, yeah, you, just, you learn it. You either know the unit, and know where the deer will be, or you you scout it. You know, you actually put in the boots on the ground in the summer. Um, Find yeah it, find the deer. so yeah um like i helped some guys um on a deer hunt and it's funny because we went and we we killed a couple really nice bucks and later like a month later um i was talking to a guy and he's like he was telling me about him or him and his buddy hunting the exact same hunt and he didn't know where i hunted and i didn't tell him you know that I, you know we didn't know we were hunting the same area but um or he didn't know that that i knew that anyways he was telling me he's like yeah we went we went up here and we uh we just we didn't see any deer like we couldn't find a single deer and i was laughing because we were in the same area just mm -hmm. a little bit further to the south or whatever and we were finding bucks all over the place and I was just kind of laughing. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's a tough hunt and this and that. And, and we were seeing like 150 deer in four days or whatever <laughs> and killed some good bucks. And so, yeah, it just it pays off to learn a unit. Yeah. But, yeah. Some, some of those units down home, like Nevada, for example, I mean, you know, we just we've got some honey holds you can just go into and you just like I can you know, I'd lay a bet that if there's, if there's a buck in the, in the, you know, two square miles, he's probably going to be in this Canyon or this Ridge or, you know, you know, around this backside of this peak or whatever. Yeah. Um, Cause we just spent our whole lives down there. But uh, speaking of that, Nevada, that's also kind of on my mind um, because they just, the, I think their app, their apps just opened up, um, you know, and I already, already got put in. You, you are. I uh I did it uh, a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm usually a wait till the last minute kind of guy. Um, <laughs> we this morning at work we were talking about this and uh, we're like you know telling stories how oh I I heard a guy who waited until like the last <laughs> second to put in and he drew a good elk tag and a good deer tag the same year. <laughs> I was like uh like yeah I just get it in because it's one less thing to worry about and i hate you know i'm I'm not with it i'm not like first day you know i gotta put in but you know it's been open for a week and i was like kind of sitting here bored and i was like yeah whatever i'll throw my apps in so 
just get it over with. Well, in Nevada, of all states, uh, is one that you don't have to worry because you can get on and and plug and play. You know, you can get on and you could go on right now and edit your whole app, I believe. Um, you yeah, can, you know, you can re- switch units, new units. Re- you can edit your app all the way up until the deadline. So, man, I. Maybe I'm just biased, but I feel like Nevada has like the easiest and oh. best draw system or just like their website and how, how you so apply. Slick. Yeah. It's got like an interactive map and it tells you how many uh, tags were given out the previous year. And so you have an idea and it's just, man, all these other states, like um all these other units like Arizona you've got Arizona's a, the worst do a species one at a time not to mention they they screwed the pooch this last year on uh or just barely with the elk and antelope jeez yeah Took those results like were supposed to come out weeks. like yeah yeah like a month month later than what they <laughs> said they would do just cuz yeah you know the system was all screwed up yeah. Nevada Nevada's got it figured out yeah utah's pretty good too yeah utah's not bad you know it's just an easy like drop down menu you kind of add it to a cart so to speak and it's like man it's the way to do it um give guys just a general thirty thousand foot view of nevada like what what some of the hot units or you know what some of the you know what are where where should guys that want to kill big bucks be looking in nevada or bulls well it's funny because um, for deer and elk, it's all pretty much the same area. Like any of the units in like the southwest or southeast, southeast corner, yeah. um, you know, from Vegas over to the Utah border and up to you know Ely or whatever. Um, yeah, so probably the most popular unit, you know, is is twenty four, like two forty one, two forty two. Um, and I mean, rightfully so. It, it's got the biggest bucks every year. Um, but I'll be honest, this is the first year that I did not apply for any hunts in 24. <laughs> and it's just a lot of it is to do with, like, frankly, you know, I help guide there, and it's just I'm freaking sick of the guides and all the the amount of people, especially on the the archery muzzleloader hunts. It's just Man, you go because everyone everyone runs trail cameras in that unit. Well, that's, it's, a, it, it's kind of an extension of the Arizona Strip. If people could picture that, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's a it's its own little strip because mm-hmm. it's it's super dry. Hot, Most of the unit's dry. really flat, and so guys are running cameras and you know blah blah blah. You take the cameras down August first, whatever. It doesn't freaking make a difference. So these you know you just if you find a big buck like four, someone else knows about four it other people not, know about it yeah yeah if not 10 or more and they're all there with all their guides and their clients and then there's other guys who aren't guiding who are just hunting and like before you know it you can have a a unit or a deer that you're trying to kill that's got you know four other people yeah. trying to kill it well, and then, you know, and then what happens, because, you know, everyone knows that everyone knows about the same deer is someone else will run an arrow through it or shoot it or whatever. And guess what? They're smart enough to not post it, not talk yeah. about it, nothing. Right. And so 
all you know is that you know this 200 and whatever inch deer that you guys are chasing has gone you know nocturnal or you can't find him or he's relocated somewhere and you you could spend the rest of the hunt looking for him. so kind of speaking about that um we were hunting a buck last year on the archery hunt and um we had this another kid that was hunting the same area and like two days into the hunt he's he's trying to tell us that he wounded this buck and it was wounded pretty good hit and he showed me a blood picture and he's like yeah he's dead like probably but we couldn't find him so in our minds we're like well you know that deer's probably gone off off the list and then like a week later we freaking spot him right in the same same area he's been all summer and then uh you know of course krog ended up killing him with one of his clients because seems like he freaking kills every deer in the unit um because yeah anyways so yeah people are always playing games with you and who knows if he actually wounded it or not? He might have just been bluffing, you know, and, and trying to tell us that he killed it so we'd stop hunting there. Yeah. You know, it's just a freaking circus. So uh, I didn't even apply there. I mean, it's it's the best unit in the state, I think, by far. But man, you better be prepared to well and to rub shoulders with people and well and and it's particularly the early hunts you better be ready to grind um hot yeah i mean 100 degrees in in most parts of the unit where the deer hang out uh yeah very very little activity during the day if any right they rarely let the sun hit them and so oh yeah these these big bucks in these units they're you're watching them and they'll be out feeding and it's like as soon as the sun is hitting trees around them it's like the trees gone yep. and after that it's you know it's impossible and you'll you'll be sitting there waiting for them to come out and they never come out in the same spot they're just they're just so i mean they're so predictable but at the same time like you just you can't predict exactly where they're going to be and you almost have to to kill them you know on these muzzy and archery hunts because you, you don't have long range and it's just it's tough yeah. so i I didn't even want to deal with it. I mean, it's probably a hunt, you know, you can, you can go kill a 200 inch buck, but man, you better be prepared to spend 20 plus days. And it just, it sucks, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, moving so. North, you got uh 231 and that's its own unit. Talked about yeah. the, the differences there. Yeah. 231. Um, same potential. Um, maybe gone a little downhill over the past couple of years, but, you know, definitely a 180 plus unit, you know, they're, they're 200 inch bucks killed every year. It's got a lot more, um, higher mountains. Um, I, I some, love, I love the unit. Like, yeah, just, I, I love 23. I mean, that's, it's just like, it's like a mini version of a big backcountry hunt, you know, in Nevada. Um, yeah, you can get up high, you know, you get up in the uh, up in the pine and stuff like that. And yeah, a lot. There's a lot more water there, so cameras are maybe not quite as effective there. Um, there's just a lot more streams and and you know seeps or whatever. Um, so that's a good unit. Tough. All these units are tough to draw, you know. Um, and you got the 22s, like 221, 222. Um, and 
those are getting tough. Um, they just, they've just gone downhill. I don't know. I think it's a mixture of too many tags. Cause now they've got, you know, they've got the archery, the muzzleloader, an early, a mid and a late rifle. Yeah. So it's turning into like a, like a mini Colorado and you then, know, with the second, third, and fourth season. And then do you think the, just the sheer amount of elk, I mean, you and I have hunted yeah. that, you and I have hunted that, uh, for elk, um, over the years for various hunts and stuff. And there's, there are so many elk and yeah, but and the there's elk quality so is many just going up. Well, that's, yeah. And that's what I'm saying is the elk are just exploding and taking off, um, you know, that you just can't help but wonder, especially in a, a state like Nevada where there's just only so much, you know, it's not like Colorado or Wyoming where there's just an endless amount of feed and resources, you know? Yeah. Um, you just can't help but wonder if, if there's, you know, they, they, they seem to really micromanage the elk hunts in there. And, you know, like when you and I hunted that, we just couldn't believe how many bulls there were right just so many elk for very few yeah. amount of tags you know and it felt like you could it felt like you could have broken that unit up into five units and issued the same amount of tags for each of those units and still had a heck of a good hunt you know yeah but yeah it it's just been it's been really good for elk over the past few years that we we have a lot of people apply there you know for guiding and, and 231 going back, you know, we've, we don't touch on elk as much, but 231 is, is still a solid, it's probably, it's not the powerhouse that the 221 and the 111s and stuff are. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's a pretty highly sought after elk unit too. Yeah. I, I think it's probably gone downhill too. The, it seems like the elk in 23 has gone down and the deer in 22 have gone down. Um, you know, 231, it, it's still like a, you know, 350 bull type unit, still super hard to draw, but you know, it's, it's definitely a a hunt to put in for. You're going to have an epic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're going to have an epic elk hunt. Yeah. There's so many units in Nevada now that I feel like you're just, it's just a top, like, you know, top elk hunt that you're, it's just going to be better than almost any other state, you know? They just give out. They just don't give out very many tags. You got a long waiting period. Um, yeah, and like you said, eleven, all the one elevens. Those are probably the best, you know, as far as quality. Just for, tons of for, elk. For tons elk. of elk. Yeah, yeah. For elk, for deer, it's kind of. Uh, it's 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 definitely not like in the top five in the state for some reason. The deer just. I don't know. I think it's because there's so many elk there. They just don't do as well. They get pushed out or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, any of those, it's, it's funny because it seems like all the best hunting for both species is kind of in the same units. Yeah. Um, uh, the one, there, there's a bunch of other good ones up north. You one, know, one, one thirties, one thirty one, one thirty two. Um, yeah coming on that coming on for deer uh i think it's been good for deer they've been getting a lot more elk in there which i kind of wish they wouldn't you know i i feel like that's kind of the thing that nevada might just i don't know i feel like they're more managing for elk utah um utah seems to do a good job one thing they do well i feel like is it's either a, a, a really good deer unit or a really good elk unit and they have a purpose you know they're 
Yeah. You know, in Nevada, I'm not so sure that they, you know, are cognizant of that or that they care really. They just, it just kind of happens how it happens, which, which is whatever, you know, the chips fall where they fall, I guess. But yeah. So I, sometimes I wish they would kind of focus on, you know, making a unit, you know, trying to focus on one species or whatever, instead of trying to make them both good or whatever. Cause it seems like if you try and make both of them good, the elk, the elk just take over yeah. and they, you know, the deer go wherever. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you got the horses, which is a whole nother freaking problem. Um, you like this. Talk about the rubies. <laughs> uh, let's just say I don't hunt there anymore. <laughs> Um, I mean, the rubies, there was always like, uh, go and have a good time and see a lot of deer and just shoot, you know, 150 bucks or whatever. And it still might kind of be that, but geez, like when you're packing in 11, 12 miles or whatever, and you see more people than you would if you were hunting on the road, <laughs> it's hard to, you know, and you know, so the rubies, the unit is huge. It's it's like one one oh one to one oh nine. Like it's the biggest unit in the state, I think, I would imagine. Yeah. As far as like square miles and, and mountain ranges and all that. And I mean the rubies is only one it's, one little mountain range in the whole unit. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, yeah. I, I think it's the onyx uh effect. Uh the the purple the purple roadless uh filter yeah. filter effect. I think yeah, what people migrate. There. Yeah, I, I think what's happening is people hunting that are pulling up their on X, um, and you know there's really two or three deep deep spots on there to really get away from people. Um, yeah. You know, and it just it just it almost is the reverse effect now. Um, it just sucks people to it that are looking to go backcountry. If they're looking to go backcountry, they want to go backcountry, and so that's where they all ended up. Yeah, and I mean, if if you're all about going and having an adventure or whatever, and get you know packing in, and, and you know, I'm all about that. Obviously, well, like it. Yeah, if you're if you're just after an epic backcountry hunt, that's that's a that's the one. Um, if you yeah. if you are new, relatively new to bow hunting, or and or don't well, we we say bow hunting because that's what we've done. I'm sure I'll, you know this would apply to all the other hunts. If you just don't score is not the biggest issue to you. You just want to see a lot of deer and have a lot of chances to stalk or a lot of opportunity. That's the unit for you. Um, yeah. You know, I, and that being said, every, I would say, I would dare to say every year we saw a buck that was, or just right around or, or just over 170 inches. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, there's definitely 170 inch plus deer in that unit. So, Yep. Yep. So, but you know, me, if I was a non-resident, I'd be looking at it. Cause you just, you don't have a prayer, you know, drawing most of these other units. Yeah. Um, and so if I was a non-resident, honestly, I, I'd be looking at it and maybe if you don't go to the rubies, go somewhere else, you know, hunt some, there's some other pretty big mountain ranges that are, yeah. you know, nine, 10,000 feet, um, wilderness type of stuff and the deer don't the deer don't care yeah they don't know yeah 
yeah, they're not like, oh, I'm I'm a area ten buck, so I got to be in the rubies. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean that, that's what I would be doing because you can you can draw a tag, you know, it's probably a one point unit now. Yeah, at least one or two. Or, points. Yeah, there's still a ton of leftover tags just because none of the residents want to draw it. So that that's where I'm at. I'm just I'm not going to burn any points or even apply for it as a resident because why would i i can it, i can draw some of these other units with two points or whatever well and it's just not the unit to go kill anything over you know 180 inches re- re- realistically you know yeah so so yeah um there's like one 116 or uh 161 162 163 um Kind of the same thing. I, I, don't, I don't really, I don't really know much about those units, but um, seems like the elk have been kind of getting better, and the deer maybe not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a so. good, I, had a, I have a good buddy that hunted that or ha- had the tag for deer. I can't remember if he actually hunted it or not. I, I think if I think I know who you're talking about, and I think he he scouted it a bunch all summer, in, and then he, he turned it in because yeah. he was just like for deer. It was just. You know, yeah. not not what it could be or has been or whatever. And 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 he he's a big buck hunter, but still, I think if he'd have seen a hundred and eighty inch buck, he would have probably hunted it. You know. Yeah. Um, and he probably would have killed it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what he does. That is what that is what he does. Yep. Um. Yeah, pretty good breakdown. You know, there's some of those fringe units uh, around all those units that you just mentioned. We don't need to list them out necessarily, but. Um, you know, some, 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 we'll call them sleepers, man. Um, there's definitely big bucks in some of those dry arid units, um, that might have one little tiny mountain range in them or something, you know, kind of that South and central part of Nevada there. Um, you know, that, that we don't necessarily, you know, we haven't necessarily hunted or spend a lot of time in, but we know guys that do. And, you know, it is it's going to be brutal and you're probably not going to have any success and it's probably going to be hard. Um, you know, but you know, it's there for someone that wants to pick up a little easier to draw a tag. I don't know the, the numbers of tags might be so low. It's not any easier. I haven't looked, but yeah. So. Yeah. But Nevada. It's, I love it. I feel like I haven't, I mean, I had an antelope tag last year, but they don't even really count. Yeah. <laughs> it's just they count up here in wyoming it's like a religion up here yeah well, I, I remember when i was up there um on my elk hunt i was driving to go scout it and it, it must have been opening day of antelope or opening weekend and i was driving down the highway and there was a a truck pulled over with a game warden pulled over kind of like behind him they were parked on the side of the highway and this guy had a dead antelope buck, like looked like a pretty nice buck, like 50 yards off the highway. And I'm pretty sure the game warden was just over there, like chatting with him, like, oh man, that's a great buck. Oh yeah. Like this, this dude probably just shot it off the hood of his truck. Hey. And the game warden was probably like, yeah, man, nice shot. <laughs> Still the wild west partner. Um, yeah. I, well, I shot my antelope doe. We, we left <laughs> two years ago. Um, I had an antelope doe tag and I, I mean, 
I hadn't put any thought into it. You know, some of the guys in the office kind of were like, oh, antelope, no, you should apply. And I did, and I drew, and was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, okay, this is <laughs> silly, really. It was almost like novelty to me. Like, ha I got an antelope doe tag. Well, the like the, the last day of the season rolls around, and it's late. I mean, it's like November something, so it's getting dark, at, you know, 5.30 or 6 or whatever. And they talked me into going and hunting this antelope tag. <laughs> and the guys in the office, my buddies are like, like ecstatically excited for this i mean they're like yeah like we're going out to kill this antelope doe and so this this is how it went we left work at like 450 from cody drew drove within within 10 miles we were within 10 miles of town into some blm and there's 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 some antelope does walk park on the side of a major well we major highway up here you know a two two lane highway get legal walk across the you know get on the other side of the fence or whatever tipped her over walked over <laughs> got her had her back in the truck by like six and we we're home by seven. Oh, it was, it was awesome yeah, yeah it's, it's like a big deal up here <laughs> a, well. a resident of wyoming can technically end up with six antelope tags per year oh you, my god Two two does in the draw, a buck in the draw, and then if you're not real picky, you can pick up two other leftover does and one other leftover buck in the draw. <laughs> there you can have like three three elk, like six antelope, three elk, like at least two or three deer. I mean, you could you can have a dozen tags. Every resident that hunted did that. They still want to make a dent. Yeah, the yeah, the antelope. Yeah, they're everywhere. I see them every morning. Hundreds of them driving to work. Yeah, we, um, that's one thing I've talked about is me and, uh, Ashley, my wife just putting in, um, for antelope cause I've got like five or six points, you know, we can draw some of those units up by Cody, just come and have a fun little family vacation. Well, go hammer and, a couple goats. Yeah. It's, it's awesome, man. For like the wife or kids or you just, just like, I mean, you can, you can take care of it on a Saturday morning if you're not super picky, you know? And, yeah. uh, and it's just fun. It's just, you know, especially, you know, you got a rifle that can shoot five, six, 700 yards or whatever. You're definitely going to have a, you know, an opportunity to shoot, um, you know, and so that, you know, it's, it's good. I don't want to call it practice, like we're not taking it serious, but it's just a good experience, you know, to shoot five, six, seven hundred yards if you're. If well, I'll you're... tell you, my my antelope last year, that thing, I killed it like 150 yards off the road, and those things were so skittish, and it was only one buck with like ten does, and I swear I, there was like a little tiny uh, two track going off this main dirt road. And I was like knee crawling on it and I I had to knee crawl and spend probably two hours working into position to finally get a shot at this buck. Cause anytime I would even budge, like those does were just like pegged right on me. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up going up this little two track, like 150 yards off the road, backing back out, going down past the truck and <laughs> Mind you, in the truck was Ashley and our two dogs <laughs> just sitting in there. And I ended up shooting it like 50 yards behind the truck, just like off the shoulder of the road. And like it took me two hours to, to figure out how to kill that thing because 
if I would have even shown myself at all, like they're gone. Yeah. And I would have never had a chance because it's so flat, you know? Yeah. Wow. So it, it was a, it was tough, you know, it was, when I shot it, I was pretty pumped and they were sitting there <laughs> watching. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you talked yeah. to Corey lately? Uh, no, not for a while. Should we give him a call and see if he'll answer? <clears throat> Hi, this is Corey with nope. Christie US. I got the got the voicemail. You there? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I just tried calling him. Hi, this is Corey was... with Crispy US. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he just he just bought a house, didn't he? Uh, no, they moved. They uh, the market there is, and we don't need to get into this, but I I think it's just so crazy right now that it's like. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw a stat for Utah, just the whole state. The average home sale price this year has gone up like fifty grand. Yeah, thanks California. You know. Yeah, the average home sale was like three hundred and seventy grand. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? The average? Yeah, yeah. He he he's expressed a few times how how much of a joke it's been just trying to houses you know they don't make it on the market when they do they're just gone they're going you know people are putting down cash offers way above the listing price i mean it's just like i think they, oh, yeah. they just eventually were just sounded like they just had to go you know find a place to rent or something and uh you know and move into a different house or something so yeah Crazy. i mean we we tried to buy a place in in nevada and we li- we offered twenty thousand over asking price and i think it sold for twenty thousand over that <laughs> I'm just like, gee, it, it's crazy. It's, yeah. I'm hope you know, hope it doesn't tank too bad, but I hope it kind of has a correction. Well, it's just unlike it's anything we've to- ever experienced. This this quick of a you know a, an entire you know state of California just by the hundreds of thousands of people you know flooding into these nearby states out here, um, you know, and and so it's it's just a redistribution of, of people and money and stuff. It's not, you know, it's not like there's a, a housing crisis necessarily or housing boom or, you know, bad loans or anything like that. It's just now, you know, maybe the market in California tanks or something like that. I'm not a real estate guy or a banker. I don't, you know, I'm not a, a mortgage yeah. specialist or anything, but you just, yeah. So, so something's going to be affected by it one way or the other. Yep. Something's got to give at some point here. Yep. Well, hopefully it doesn't draw or drive up all your, you know, Nevada and Utah. And I feel like Wyoming, we're pretty insulated. You know, we're not seeing a ton of, a, a little bit, you know, towns like Cody here and Jackson for sure. Um, you know, but we're, yeah. we're, we're a couple states away from most of that. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, some of these people, a lot of, I mean, all I know a handful of people that I, I know are moving out of California to Montana and Idaho and stuff like that. And they all hunt, you know, and they're, they're the ones I feel like that are like finally throwing up their hands and being like, yeah, I'm done, man. Um, yeah. you know, and, and they hunt. And so now you got one more resident and one more resident and one more resident, you know, and, and I don't think it's going to be anything too catastrophic, but, um, yep. you know, just, just more people coming in and that's, it's good. I'd do the same thing, you know, if I was them. So. Yeah, yeah, I would have been gone a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what else? 
Well, yeah, it's going to be a busy year again, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's play here. Let me just off the cuff you some over some, uh, you, you tell me overrated, underrated on some, on some things here. Um, 15 power binos. <laughs> um, I think, well, I mean, they're pretty um, talked about, and I'd say they're pretty high rated. <laughs> so I don't know if I can say they're underrated or overrated. Properly, properly rated. Yeah, they're they're properly rated. Um, if anything, maybe underrated. Like if you don't have them, you need them. And I know we've had this discussion a million times about, well, do I get twelves and yeah, and eights, or do I, or just twelves, or do I get you know, tens and fifteens, or I'm just I'm ready. I'm waiting for Swirl to come out with some eighteens because I'll sell my fifteens to buy those. <laughs> so yeah, they, and they probably will. I'm yeah. I don't know why they haven't. I think you know Vortex has, and it seems like Maven or whoever else has probably done it. Um, so I'm just waiting. Yeah, because I'll I'll sell my fifteens because fifteens, you know, they're awesome. But, you know, occasionally you're just like a little bit more for that type of glassing, a little bit more might might be good. And I, I've got the BTX. And so if it gets too far, that's usually what I throw up. Um, yeah, if you're running but, everything with a spotter, then the 15s are kind of, you know, it's like, again, the nice the nice part about the 15s relative to a spotter, a typical spotter is one eyepiece first two. Uh, yeah, you know, you get to sit and look through two two eyepieces, and you can you can look through those all day. Um, yeah, and and a single, even a good Swarovski spotter, um, you know, it's tough to it's tough to sit for all day, you know, and look through that. But if you are going from the 15s to the BTX, then that's yeah, that's completely different. But yeah, and my only complaint about the BTX is. Um, there's no, it's a, it's a fixed zoom and so fixed power. So there's a lot of times and it's usually not like it's too, too much power. It's, it's that it's not enough power because I'll find like multiple times. I remember I've, I've spotted a deer or an elk like a mile or two away with my 15s and I pull up the, the BTX and you know, it's a lot more magnification, but it's just not quite enough like to see exactly what you're dealing with mm-hmm. and you know you would think that you could you know especially on a bull but like i've you know i've glassed up bulls like two miles away and you just you just can't exactly tell you know you can get a really good idea and a lot of times i'm sitting there wishing i had the you know the atx or to zoom in yeah and so looking back it i kind of wish that i I had the 15s and the ATX um, in like an 85 millimeter because we've got the 95, which is great, you know, but, you know, you can, everything you need to see, you can see with the 85. Yeah, that's, well, that's where I'm at, right? I've got, I have a pair of 15s and I'm looking at either getting the 10s or the 12s, the pures. Have you looked through the pures? Oh, yeah. they're they're freaking they're awesome but it's it's like you said right and and the the thought that just went in my mind is 
if you can pick them up with if you can pick something up with 15s across the hillside on a on a tripod you could probably pick them up with 12s as well right like yeah especially 12 pures right there's nothing that's going to get by a pair of 12s or 15s that you wouldn't also pick up with the 15s and if you're going to hunt with a spotter all the time anyway which i am you know if you're a guy or a girl that is worried about what something how big something is right which you know i'm a, i'm not i'm not necessarily after a score but i'm after a mature buck you know and it's kind of the same thing to some extent and so I want to know, you know, if that's a 160 buck or a 180 buck, if I'm going to hike over there or if, you know, if it's something worth making a play on. And so I'm always going to pack my spotter for that reason that you just said, <clears throat> so that when you see something, you can zoom in on it. And so, and I'm just, I'm just kind of talking in my head here, but, um, you know, I wonder if I shouldn't get the 12s, sell my 15s. I could, you know, especially on rifle hunts, I could just run those twelves on my chest. I still have my, I still have my little pair of eights, um, you know that, that I that I've had for twenty years. Um, yeah, that see, that's where the problem is for me is like rifle hunting, you know, whatever, just straight twelves is fine. But you archery hunting, like I look when I'm on a stock, I look through my binos like all the time, fifty yeah, percent of the time. Yep. Yeah, and using anything more than 10 power i just man when you're i'll be you know i'll figure i'm you know 50 yards or whatever from a, a buck and i'll be just scanning trying to see an antler and just that much more magnification it's it's shakier and you're already shaking as it is you know because you're not you're not stable and it's got more magnification so it's harder to get a, a big picture i don't know so yeah i mean if you got all the, the money in the world yeah get freaking eights tens 12s 15s <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean so I, I just run the 10s on my chest and the 15s and those are the two that like will never leave my pack yeah or my you know i'll have them with me on a hunt all the time well i just i so, hunt so much more rifle and muzzleloader now you know with kind of with my job or whatever but um, yeah, man, I just, I, I wonder if having just 12s on my chest and that just, I'm basically eliminating a piece of optics and I'm not losing much of anything, you know, on a, on a rifle and a muzzleloader hunt. Um, yeah. You know, you, you can still yeah. off, you can still offhand 12s, um, fa fairly yeah, well, you, you know, you can, you know, it's just, it's not ideal when you start getting close. Yeah, no. And that's what I'm saying. Then, then, you know, then when I go on an archery hunt, I would pack, I would throw my eights back on my chest, um, you know, for stocking and stuff like that. But yeah, well, just, just keep your 12s and your 15s and you'll be set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I also need to pick up a new scope for my new gun. And so I might need to do a little horse trading with one of the optics, you know, instead and rearrange some some fun so that i can get us another scope but yeah, yeah good problems first, to have first world problems yeah first world problems uh <laughs> overrated underrated peak refuel chicken alfredo underrated oh it's so good isn't it i would if i had to choose a brand to eat on every meal backpack hunt for the rest of my life it would be peak refuel 
like Mount House and Backpackers Pantry, like over it. They're just man, those peak refuels, like I feel like I'm actually eating like a legit meal and not just a bunch of salt. Here's what I like about the refuels is the amount of water that they take is like fifty percent less. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound like whatever a big deal. When you're backpacking in a country where water is gold and it's um, hard to find, then that means everything. You know, another four ounces that I can just have myself or whatever, eight ounces that I can keep and drink. Yeah. 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 Pink root fuel. It's a bomb. Yeah. Um, overrated, underrated, crispy Nevada, uninsulated Nevada legend boots. I don't know. I've never worn them. Yes, you have the Nevadas. You wore the original, the 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 original that were had like two hundred grams. Yeah, those were the first first crispies I ever got. Yeah. Okay. So same, basically the same thing. Overrated, underrated. Um, I feel like they're um super popular, so I'd say appropriately rated. Probably (laughs) they're, they're yeah, they're freaking awesome. They're I, I don't really have any complaints with any of the Krispies. I, you know, some of them maybe haven't held up. Um, it seems like sometimes they'll start tearing, like, on the inner toe, um, like, by the um, the ball of your foot, just on the inside. Just the stitching comes out. But with the Nevadas, you don't have that issue because it's got, like, a rubber rand, you know, so there's no stitching. Yep. So, yeah, if, if you're going to get Krispies, those would be the first ones I'd get. Yeah. Same with, um, I think we've got the, uh, what are they, the Wild Peak, the late season boots. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're pretty much they're pretty much the same thing as the Nevada, just insulated and a little higher. higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wear those things all the time, working out, you know, on the ranch or whatever when it's cold and snow. I, I freaking love those boots. Yeah. Super comfy. And, I mean, we, we bought, remember we picked them up? on the way to my elk hunt and we just threw them on and hiked in like five miles. They were <laughs> no break in, nothing. They were good. Hey, I've done that. I've done that a couple times myself. I had, uh, it was, it's the same pair of Nevadas that I currently have right now. They're going on, they're going on their fourth. If I take them out a day next year or this year, it'll be their fourth season. Uh, so that would have been 2018, right? 18, 19, 20. Yeah. So the the 2018 Corey and I showed up uh, to the trailhead <laughs> in a unit that we've already talked about in Nevada with boots with the tag still on. Threw them on my feet. I was so confident in them. I went in. We went in 10 miles. I killed that uh, smiley face buck <laughs> that looks yeah. like he's smiling. Like, you know, we were in and out, smash and grab, as Carter says. Uh, 10 miles in, killed that buck, hiked 10 miles out in over three three days, and not not a single blister. So they're definitely uh, <laughs> underrated for me. But, uh, love it. Yeah, those, the next boots I get, or they're going to be those Nevadas uninsulated. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. Love it. Okay, bro. We just managed to ramble for an hour or so. So you probably got, I don't know what you guys do. You don't do anything when you're not doing anything. You probably got a well, fire engine to scrub, polish up. 
it's a lazy Sunday. We don't do much on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. And we, it, it's kind of been nice, like, the past year, um, you know, we haven't really done any, like, public PR events or anything like that um, <laughs> just because of COVID. And, you know, before it was like, man, every shift, it's like, we got to go to this parade. We got to go to this ceremony. We got to go do this. We got to go help serve lunch at this place. We got to go, you know, show our face here for this picture. And like, it's just nonstop. And this last year, it's kind of been nice because all those events got canceled. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just been a, you know, it's, it's been busier. We, I think this last year, 2020, our department ran more calls than it ever has. And so the call volume is, has gone up. Um, but not having to do that stuff, it, it kind of feels like you got a break almost. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a good job, especially if you like to hunt. If you're looking for a, a new career and you like to hunt a lot, I highly suggest you become a firefighter. Yeah. Yeah. I went down that road for just a second was on, was kind of on my way and got pulled. You know, I just, I just have a little business DNA in me. I think that, you know, it just pulled me away from it enough. Um, but I was, that would have been a good, that'd be a good alternative. If I just finally just said, I don't want to sell another thing ever in my life or talk to people as much or whatever, you know, then I'd, I'd probably go be a firefighter, but yeah, it, it's got its moments when you're, you've been up all night and the next call goes out because grandma fell and you got to go pick her up again. You're just like, you know, inside you just want to scream or, you know, you just want to freaking go to sleep like more than anything in the world. (laughs) And so those times it's rough, but it's a, it's a good job. I love it. I have a good time with all the guys and, but Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, tell what, a little, um, tell a little Oakley. What, I said hi. What? So, just quick. What tags are you? I because we don't even really talk like about hunting that much anymore. <laughs> it seems. What tags are you planning on? Well, uh, back to like Colorado and Nevada. You mean? Well, just anything. I mean, <laughs> I know you didn't draw Arizona. Yeah. Uh. Man, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of poking along. So, generally speaking, Wyoming resident, right? I, which means I instantly have a pretty good general elk tag in my pocket, and I instantly have a pretty good general deer tag that takes, you know, some non-residents nine points to draw in my pocket right now. Um, yeah. I may or may not have picked up a Idaho just a general season for a random unit. I've never stepped foot in over there back in December when those came out. So yeah, yeah. that's like a mid October deal, right? Not ideal, but that was just, that was just a backup plan. So that's what I have for sure. Everything after that, like I will have a Colorado tag or I will at least apply for one unless some crazy uh, with, you know, the hunts I'm looking at or whatever, um, unless something crazy happens with draw odds, I will pick up a Colorado deer tag. I, I don't, I'm, you'll see here. I'm heavy deer. I'm going to elk wise. I'll put in for a, a, another bomber Wyoming tag. And if I draw it, I'll be glad to go hunt it. Um, I'll definitely put in for a bomber Nevada elk tag. And if I hunt it, I'll be glad to go. Or if I draw it, I'll be glad to go. How many points do you have now? Oh man, like 10 or 11 or something. Hmm. It's, it's relative. I mean, I'm, I'm getting, it's, it's not, you know, 
50% or anything like that, but it's statistically, it's, you know, I'm getting up there 5, 10% chance. I have a realistic chance of drawing a tag. It wouldn't be well, crazy. Well, according to Go Hunt, if you get on there, if you put in any Nevada unit for any amount of points, your odds are like 10%. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, well, it's just. Well, there's, they're, they're, there's they're, no way they're for straight, them to do it. Yeah, well, they're straight lining it, right? They're just going from top to bottom and they're straight lining the, the general average. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean that if you put in last year with 10 points for a specific hunt in a unit and it says the odds were 8%, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was 8%. It could have yeah. been, it could have been 40%. And the way that Nevada's tags are drawn, it's, you know, it's just completely impossible to say what each uh, unit's odds are going to be other than a generic average. So, yeah, um, but I'll, I'll put in for that. Um, obviously put in for some of those deer units that we're talking, <clears throat> try to sneak a good tag. Um, I'll, um, I'll tell you when we get off, I'll tell you what units I put in for. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Colorado, it's just a matter of where with what, what season with the deer tag, um, you know, and that's all I'm really going to say. I just, I, I've got a brand new shiny bow coming. Uh, maybe if, if Hoyt will ever, build it and get it to me a kid uh a guy at work said that he um he's kind of on a waiting list to get either the matthews the atlas or the rx5 or something mm -hmm. and he's like the guy who owns the shop told him that it's not they're not coming until like june or something yeah well they she i mean when i put my order in they quoted me 10 to 12 weeks um and that was that was back the first of February is when I put that in. So it could be another month at least. Yeah. So. I, I was thinking about selling mine and getting the, the Atlas or I was just going to shoot whatever, you know, I, I'm not like glued to a specific brand I, whatever bow I shoot. And it's the one I like, that's the one I'm going to shoot, but I don't want to jinx it. But me and the Matthews Traverse, we're like three for three. Mm -hmm. So, well, I'm, I loved my Matthews. Uh, I never shot it real well and I don't know, you know, exactly why, uh, I don't shoot as much as I used to. That's definitely one reason. Um, but it just, it just didn't feel like it settled in for me for whatever reason. And I've had different bows. I've shot a ton of different bows and some of them just, they just anchor and settle different and better than others. And so, but I'm also excited to get back to an 80 pound bow. I'll just be honest. Like, um, yeah, that'll, that'll just be nice. I mean, I can, I can run a 550 grain arrow with a 31 inch draw at 80 pounds. And I really couldn't care less what angle anything's facing. Honestly, if I've got a fixed blade iron wheel broadhead, for example, like I'll run it through anything I want. Um, and so, well, you know, within reason, I'm not going to be stupid, but, Texas uh, heart shot. yeah, Texas heart shot. Anyway, it's, pretty, it's that over or underrated, underrated, underrated for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I did hit a deer, you know, right by his bum on it. Uh, I was there for that. And it was on accident. Oh, yeah. He, he, he jumped his, the shot and turned basically. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I missed him. And I get down there to pick up my arrow. I'm like, dude, there's blood. <laughs> like a murder scene. Yeah. And then it's like more blood, more blood, like puddles of blood yeah. and so we waited like four hours remember yeah. and that that deer he was dead in 30 seconds yep he did a death sprint 200 yards around right the ridge hit him right in the femoral artery i think and 
so, man, remember he went around the corner and we tracked him and there was like a pool of blood <laughs> and then he was dead like 10 yards past that <laughs> uh, in the rubies. That was the, sadly enough, I've hunted the rubies like probably four or five times and that's the only deer I've even killed. Yeah. So the rubies kind of kicked both of our butts, kind of. Yeah, I've, I mean, I got a decent, you know, he's right here behind me. I got a decent buck in there, but nothing, you know, he wouldn't go 160, I don't think. But, yeah. um, Pope and Young. But, uh, anyway, <clears throat> sidetracked. So, I, I will have one archery-specific tag that I'm dedicated to hunt, you know, just because just I want to go hunt with that bow, whether it's Colorado or... You know, I can hunt my Wyoming tag uh, the first couple weeks on an archery, which wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, so I'll I'll have an archery tag. That'll kind of d- where I put in for that. I'll d- you know that might determine where I do Colorado or something like that. But um, yeah, uh, not expecting to draw anything in Utah. Um, I don't. Man, I keep throwing around Montana, and it's like it's so hard now because it's so close, and they let you hunt so long, and it's like I just don't believe I'm gonna. I I don't know. I'm just for some reason I'm just not. I just haven't talked myself into those. I feel like those long season dates just they suck because you're just like you just kind of put it, you know on the back burner and then you're, you you do not take it serious and you're like well i got you know two months to hunt so yeah new mexico for example it's like five day season and you're like okay i'm, okay, I'm there all I will, five days yep i'll be there a day before and a day after basically i will be there um yeah so yeah there there's something to be said for that those units that are a lot or those hunts that are a lot shorter and more abrupt you know you you just you're going so so i don't know i may i don't know it it takes a a, like a point or two or a point i think to get the the general deer tag up there and so i might just get a point this year so i can do it next year i don't know but anyway that's pretty much it i'll probably reapply in idaho you can reapply for like some you know epic you know limited draw tag or whatever um you know and so there's a chance i whatever maybe i get something there but um nothing crazy man like i i i really i really just am trying to control myself and force myself to hunt a general a deer tag here in wyoming that non-residents would kill for you know and that's really i mean it'd take more points to draw that than any of the tags that i've ever hunted in colorado combined of bonus points you know And I just blew it off last year. I didn't even like, I didn't even hunt it. And I just am refusing whether I'm, I will be up there for a week on the archery. If I'm not there for a week on the beginning of the rifle or a week on the last, you know, maybe the last week of the hunt or something like that on the rifle. So, yeah, that that's what I was talking about earlier. Like jumping around unit to unit, you know, stuck in the need to explore new units syndrome or whatever, instead of, you know, putting focus in your backyard on a unit that's better anyways, probably. Yeah. In this case, for learning sure. it. And so every year you just go back and freaking hammer like big buck after big buck after big buck. Yeah. Well, and I, and I did, um, what I did do well last year is I went on a couple scouting trips. 
down here in Wyoming and uh, I picked into, you know, I, I poked around in some new country and, you know, I mean that, that in and of itself is a good, you know, that's, that's always good. Um, you know, I've got two or three little pockets or spots or whatever now that I feel like, Hey, like, you know, if I, when I go, this would be a good spot, you know, or, or at least places to go back and check for deer where I had seen some deer and stuff like that last year scouting. So, yeah, um, you know, I, it wasn't, it wasn't all, it wasn't a hundred percent let down, but well, I need you to scout. So when I draw next year, I'll, um, we'll come up and shoot some big bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the llamas up. How are we looking on, on bookings for anybody that's held on this long? Maybe they're a hardcore llama guy just waiting for a discount or something, but do we, uh, we still have, it's usually about now we start raking in some bookings for this next year, huh? Yeah, we've, we've booked a couple, you know, a handful. Um, Seems like mid, mid September always books the quickest. Yeah. I mean, any, any time in September, it's, that's where we're already booked up a handful of people. Um, so we've only got a handful available and we've, you know, we've got them up in Wyoming now where you're at we've Northern Utah, Southern Utah. So, yeah, I mean, once, once tags start coming out, you know, here in, April, May, June. By by the time June comes around, we're pretty much booked up. Yeah, especially kind of late August to October. Yep. Yeah, it gets pretty crazy. Yep. Um. So I mean, it. You know, last year was weird because we we booked a bunch of people and then COVID hit, and then no one booked till like June, like no one, and we actually lost a couple rentals, and so we started selling packers because we're like, well you know, there's no need this year and I'd rather sell them and get some money out of them. And then as soon as we sell them, we start booking left and right. And we were like, we were overbooked, honestly. And by far the busiest year that we've had, and we had less Packers than we've ever had. So last year was kind of weird. I'm sure this year is just, it's going to be just as crazy. Yeah. So. Yep. Get them in early. Uh, hit up, hit up me or Jason, uh, backcountry logistics, Instagram, or let's see, rent pack llamas at what, uh, rent pack com and the email country rent pack llamas at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yep. So, yep. Be fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good year. Yep. Appreciate it, man. Have fun. Don't work too hard. Yeah, I'm going to go cook dinner right now. I'm pretty yeah, hungry. You would. <laughs> Me too. See ya. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.